Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Special Agent Jack Whiteside. Hi, everybody. Gabe, as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. I can finally relax... Watch Sports Center and listen to some Steely Dan. And Matt as To Be Determined. It's uh, a dumb name. Well, welcome, players. How is everybody doing tonight? What are we drinking? I'm doing pretty good. I'm having smeared off ice. Ice, ice, baby. I actually happen to have someone who swung by with a bunch of excess beer from a party. So I am actually drinking a bottle of the Founder's Breakfast Stout. <gasps> oh, nice. I'm drinking peanut butter M&M's. Oh, God. Please don't choke. All right. Well, let's take a quick moment to check for any letters from beyond. On Facebook, James Davidson says, Hey, guys. Love the podcast. I just had a quick question about the ending of The Dark Angelus and Returning Home. How inevitable were the endings of those two stories? Both seemed to end without much resolution, and I was wondering if the players had handled the investigations differently, how much more or different would the stories have been? Anyways, keep up the good work. Basically, because Chuck took the uh, actions that he did. If Chuck had uh, not been so reckless, then we probably could have proceeded in the 50s, right, guys? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, there, there was no impetus to move along to modern day other than that we basically fashioned it in a way that we could save him. Yeah. To answer your question, yeah, if, if Chuck or, or if circumstances had gone slightly differently, for sure that would have resolved differently. As far as returning home, that was due to external circumstances. And we kind of had to, midway through the scenario, determine how that was going to pan out. I think everybody was pretty happy with the way it did pan out. Mm -hmm. But it is, you know, to your point, James, it is uh, still open-ended. And I kind of like it that way because it gives us seeds to plant for potential mysteries down the way. We'll have to see if that ever wraps up. It may not, and that's just the way I think some of these things go. So, thank you for the question. Also on Facebook, Andreas from Sweden says, just stumbled over your eminent podcast. I enjoy it greatly. Are the scenarios homebrews, or are they available for purchase somewhere? And we uh, did answer this, I believe, during our Q&A for Bloodlines. So we do a good, a good mix of um, some published ones that are available either in scenario format or in anthologies of uh, modern-day scenarios. Scenarios, but I, I typically like to modify them so that even if you were to purchase that same scenario, it would probably be slightly different than the way that we played it because we do have all these little side stories going on. Trist here will be my second or third, I think third scenario that I've written. Honestly, you know, some of the published scenarios out there are so dang good that they're just fun to plug in and I have to do a lot less prep work for them. Thank you for the question, Sweden. Uh, As a reminder, everybody, please feel free to send your letters from beyond anytime on Facebook Twitter, Reddit, Discord, or via email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com, and we'll try to read those and address them on air. Well, guys, before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Attention, Addie Soldier. Oh, hello there. Captain Montgomery Whoopowill of the 83rd Squadron here. Inviting you to try my newest Air Force ready but released to the public invention, Captain Monty's Parachute. Imagine this. 
Perhaps you were born as conjoined twins, but always dreamed of a time when you could dive from the heavens, unfettered from cruel gravity and the daily horrors of wiping each other's asses for even the briefest of moments. Or maybe you're thrill-seeking honeymooners, intent upon joining the Mile High Club, achieving blissful simultaneous orgasm midair, and spreading your seed far and wide across this great land of ours. Or possibly just two friends, two extreme pranksters, two stoners watching too many cartoons, who are suddenly struck by the thought of hoisting an anvil into the air over a third friend's house, aiming carefully, then dropping it on his precious lawn gnome. Well, imagine no more. Strap on and strap in to the only shoot designed for two people. Each shoot comes complete with a pack, filled only with silverware. But you won't find that out until about halfway down, and it will perplex you all the rest of the way down. Don't sweat it, though. We offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee and haven't had a single customer return yet. Captain Monty's parachute. Earn your wings if it's the last thing you do. And we're back. I want one. Just one? I'm going to wait for product reviews because, you know, that's what smart consumers do. No, I want one. Pre-order. Well, guys, whenever I hear that commercial, I immediately think back to my childhood. Blue skies, cool breezes, dark emerald forests filled with the glittering gems of long dead gazes staring, staring, staring back at me. I really miss my set of free Ginsu knives, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Rip Ginsu. Now... Dear investigators, we begin Chapter 8, Trist. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. After their misadventures in the bayou, Dan, Jack, and Roy recuperate back in Arkham for a relatively quiet year. The nightmares fade somewhat, and they settle back into the humdrum of so-called normal life. Before long, they drift further and further apart. One Sunday morning, Jack and Roy suddenly discover Dan has gone off on his own, on a mad quest to somehow communicate with his dead fiancée, Samantha Blaine. A cheeky stranger named Detox offers to help the two FBI agents in their search for Mr. Williams. They follow the clues to a decommissioned government research center on Bloodsworth Island in the Chesapeake Bay. Inside, they discover tar-dripping goo monsters and realize too late they've stumbled into a deadly environment. Unfortunately, Detox is infected with a zombie-like virus and quickly turns against the other two. A bullet to the head ends the perky hacker's life, after which Jack and Roy flee the haunted ruins. Once outside, the two FBI agents meet some new friends. It is currently Monday, October 2nd. The exact time is not important, only that it is early morning and well past your bedtime. Jack, you're on your knees, hands behind your head, squinting up at an imposing shadowy figure framed against the white-hot glare of a mobile spotlight. Cold mist drifts down from the darkened skies, settling on the back of your neck like icy dread. As your eyes adjust to the illumination, you can now make out the shapes of at least a dozen other figures, all holding automatic assault rifles trained on you. Several yards further, you can barely detect the dim outline of two helicopters perched on the cliffside, their rotors turned Lazily. From that direction, two figures stride toward you. 
Roy, you're on your knees, hands behind your head, already regretting having thrown away your crowbar. Who are these guys armed to the teeth and aiming for your head? Mercs? Pirates? Then you remember Detox's many warnings about a shadowy governmental agency also tracking Dan's whereabouts. Looks like they finally caught up to you. What now? Quick bullet in the head? Or endless torture at some obscure prison camp? Oh look, here comes some tough guy now. A big muscle-bound brute toting a pump shotgun. And by his side, some dorky-looking dweeb with a dumb face. Why is he smiling? Oh wait. Oh shit. Oh no. It's... 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 Rocky, you leap from the helicopter with Declan by your side, who is silent as ever but ready to strike on your command. The two of you trod the rocky, moss-slickened surface of Bloodsworth Island. The company should have leveled this place decades ago, when the incident first occurred, but they let bureaucracy get the better of them. Now you have to clean it up. No matter, you're up to the task. But first, time to deal with these interlopers openly. You walk directly up to the two FBI agents. Jack Whiteside meets your gaze with a mixture of wariness and curiosity, but not a whiff of fear. That's good. He'll need courage for what's ahead. Roy's face, however, is contorted with anger and shame. You smile down at him with pity, take a deep breath of the sea air, and say, Why, hello there, little brother. Ugh, God. I just can't get a break. No, not really. I mean, with your line of work, I really thought you would have stayed out of trouble longer. I mean, I even sent someone with you to keep an eye on you, and even then you just always find the worst possible ways to get into places that you shouldn't I didn't do anything wrong. You don't think breaking into a facility that is clearly off-limits to everyone is not wrong? Look, you've broken God knows how many laws doing this. Cite them. Cite all of them. Gonna reach around and gonna have someone's gonna walk up behind me and hand me a file folder. Declan hands it over. Oh, there was the littering, the jaywalking. (laughs) The public urination was a surprising one. Why is that surprising? And how about you look the other way? Well, if I look the other way, you might end up spending the rest of your lives in a federal penitentiary. In this case, you really do want me to stick around. I think I'll take the penitentiary. Boss, should we leave him? He nods towards Jack Whiteside. He knows quite a lot. Well, I was going to lean on Detox for a while, at least, and now that they're no longer with us, as much as I hate having to say this, I might have to bring my little brother and his playmate into this. Don't call him that. I feel happy! Well, we should take off, sir, as quickly as possible. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I, um, have some things that we need to take with us no one's going back inside that facility all right well then you can just pay me the fair market value of those paper shredders and we can call it a day i'm offering you a once in a lifetime opportunity here now you can either stand up walk over to those helicopters and get in with me like a man or you can you know spend the rest of your life in a small hole god knows where how small is the hole as small as i can possibly make it well you're not a very big thinker so i think that it's not going to be that small declan if you don't mind yes sir i'm going to kind of nod towards roy and get him to pick him up declan motions for uh some of the mercs to come around and uh help the gentlemen to their feet well thank you get your hands off me Declan leans in towards Rocky and says, Sir, the charges are good to go. Excellent. I'm going to walk over to Jack. Ah, uh, Mr. Whiteside, I believe it is. 
Yeah, who are you? If I undo the handcuffs that are currently holding your hands together, are you going to do anything stupid, or are you going to walk over to the helicopter and hop on? We came out of here with free will. We have no idea who you are or why you're here, but if you can get us off this damn island, I'm ready to go. All right, Declan, if you don't mind, unlocking Mr. Whiteside's handcuffs. He does so quickly, quietly. I love you, Declan. I love you too, Sam. Now... Roy, am I going to be able to trust you to do the right thing and get in that helicopter? Or are we going to have to repeat what happened on the playground back in sixth grade? Need I remind you what happened? You know, with Mr. Barstow? It wasn't a fair fight. <laughs> Look, hey, Declan. Hey. Yes, sir. Are you aware that his accent's fake? That's not possible. He sounds like me. He's just playing it up so he sounds smarter. He's born and bred Boston Rays. He knows it. <laughs> Well, I hate to interject, but I'm doing a not-too-great-of-job on my Scottish accent. He's just trying to sound smart. If you don't mind, Declan, you don't mind bringing my little brother to the chopper. Mr. Arroyo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After you. And I'll sort of zigzag my way there and make it take longer. Come on, Roy. They got they got snacks. And uh, Rocky stays back to uh, escort Jack. So... What kind of games you like? Personally, I'm more of a fan of uh, backgammon. And oh, I like frontgammon. I have been known to play some Chinese checkers. Hey, hey, this is 2019, pal. Get with the times. I'm sorry I had to drop in on you like this, but... So what is going on here? If you can tell me anything, I would appreciate it. We're just trying to get to the bottom of this and find a friend. I'm hoping that once we're off this island, I will be putting an end cap on a long-awaited chapter that should have been ended quite some time ago. A mushroom cap? No, a night cap. Oh, okay. Good, I'm tired. I can't say a whole lot here. Um, It's not quite safe out in the open. Maybe once we get back to our temporary headquarters or somewhere somewhat related, I might be able to say a little more. I'll tell you what. You share with me, I'll share with you. I've got some interesting information myself. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had a sandwich because I have a bag of chips. About halfway back to the choppers, uh, Declan sort of motions with his finger in the air. Uh, both pilots, actually, and the helicopters begin to start the rotors again. Declan sort of moves closer to Roy and says, uh, Mr. Arroyo, and he reaches inside his jacket and pulls out a gun and offers it up to you, and it's your gun from the bay. We, we send a few divers down and got it. I'll take it, and I'll put it in my holster. It's cleaned and welled. That's more like it. You know, maybe people wouldn't hate coming with you people so much if you did more things like that. Understood. Yes, we can be very intimate. And we have one more surprise for you on the helicopter. Zip cocaine. Declan ducks beneath the rotor blades and opens up the bay door to the helicopter and motions Roy to get in. And strapped in a couple of the other jump seats are two of the uh, paper shredders. I, I figured they were important. They were on They were on the top level there, and uh, we, we just wanted to make sure that uh, they must be worth something. They look quite nice. Yep. I look over at Roy, and I go, 50-50. <clears throat> oh, no, no. 75-25. All right, I'll take 75. No, you doubted me. And now when I'm rich, living it up in the Bahamas... I'll come visit you. You can maybe see some pictures. I'll tell you what, Roy. You take them both, man, for those kids of yours. That's a good deal. I mean, they'll see some of the money, I guess. That's a good deal. Both helicopters take to the air. You're about maybe a quarter mile out when uh, Declan nods towards Rocky. All right. Pilot status report. Are we all on board and are we clear? Yes, sir. We're, we're well on our way. All clear. All right, then. Going to reach into a pocket on the side of the seat and pull out a, a small silver box that has a keyhole, and below that is, like, a, a little smoke glass cover. Going to pull out a key, twist it. Uh, the cover's going to flip open, and there's going to be a red button. Good riddance. 
And all I can say is I'm glad this is over with. Fire in the hole, and I'm going to push the button. And as he does so, Jack and Roy, you can see clearly out the window a series of explosions detonate around Winoka Point Research Center. And the second, third, and ground floors all crumble inward, essentially seal up the site permanently. Damn. And you can also see, as you flee the other direction, uh, as the helicopters steer into open water, you can see lights of approaching Coast Guard from the uh, mainland, from Deal Island. Ah, Rocky. I see you got a lot of hired guns on this. Still don't want to fight your own fights, huh? Let's just say when it came to brawn, I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. Oh, I'm well but aware. But when it comes to brains, it seems that I have gotten the lion's share. Yeah, it seems to me like brains have never done anything good for anyone. Except getting you out of spending a lifetime in a prison cell. I've met many people with brains and all of them died. Meanwhile, I'm still here. Well, you only have 20 luck left and eventually that shit's gonna run out. Uh-huh. Uh, it's 25, idiot. 25. So where are you taking us? You gonna tell mom what I did, or what? Not yet. My late associate had a few things back at their place that I need to retrieve before we also dispose of that site as well, just tying up loose ends and whatnot. I can't believe Detox betrayed me. Sounded like he was keeping an eye on us. But he didn't tell me that he was working for him. Did you really think they would tell you there's a reason why I had to go a very obtuse direction to get in with you? That's what makes it a betrayal. God, you say you have the brains. Well, I mean, it worked, didn't it? Not really. Detox is dead. Yes, but I got someone to stick around with your little group and you didn't know anything about it until I told you. Well, it seems to me like the moral of this story is that if you betray me, you die. So keep that in mind. Oh, Roy, this might not be the time to make threats. It's not a threat. We're pretty high up in the air right now. I don't care. Throw me out. I've survived worse. And then uh, Declan nods towards uh, Jack Whiteside and says, Brothers will be brothers. You're my brother? Declan, come here! Wink! The uh, helicopter's winging back towards Arkham. Not going to take very long for that flight. Just a couple hours, actually. Jack and Roy are staring out the window in sullen silence. And you, you can see the, uh, the approaching landscape. And it feels kind of good to be heading back towards home. Particularly after everything you've been through. Uh, you are starting to feel like the adrenaline is all just sort of worn down now. And you're just feeling kind of shaky. And you've got those plaguing shadows nagging at the back of your mind. Particularly you, Jack. Just that horrific vision of Detox's face erupting in black blood spewed all through the complex. You wonder what uh, might be ahead for you. Probably many sleepless nights. Yes, anybody want to see what I see in my sleep? It is not fun. You're in the same boat, Roy. You're quite sure that you're going to be thinking quite a lot, particularly about Bugsy. For some reason, just losing detox made you think about Bugsy quite a lot. Who could guess that my best friend in the world dying would have some effect on me? And as you see Arkham approaching, the helicopters veer towards the uh, shoreline, towards the warehouse district. They land atop a abandoned warehouse that looks very familiar. It looks exactly like Detox's hideout. And uh, Declan's the first one out the bay doors and uh, helps you down. Oh, thank you, my lady. No problem, sir. Thanks, bud. What are we doing here? 
Declan, you're with me. Uh, the rest of the guys, you just hang here. This shouldn't take long. And start walking down towards the, the ladder that's going to lead off the helipad down to the ground below. I just need to retrieve a few things from my associate before we tie off this loose end. Hey, do me a favor. Depends. Check the underwear drawer, will you? I'm not digging through someone's underwear drawer. They're dead. If that's your fetish, I'm not going to shame it, but I'm not going anywhere near that shit. I'm going to climb down the ladder and then walk towards uh, the clinic. Declan motions for Jack and Roy to follow. Roy, what do you think they're looking for here? Probably looking for mom's or for dad's approval or something stupid like that. Roy, focus. We were involved in some stuff they don't know about. Yeah. Whatever. Detox didn't get out with that information. We hold the cards. So you're saying... Let's play cards. We dump them here and take the helicopter. Yeah, you know how to fly? I could figure it out. All right, me too. Let's go. Declan looks down at you from the top of the ladder. I wink. He winks back and then motions for you to hurry the fuck up. Roy, we gotta hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Slide down the ladder like you do in video games. I'll just jump. He knocks you guys off. We're not in a video game? Wait a minute. It's okay, there's no fall damage. And uh, Rocky enters the clinic ahead of you guys. Is that a euphemism? That's Detox's hideout. Roy, let's just observe, see what we can see. <sighs> I'm pretty good at staying out of Dude, the middle of things. why did you drop that in front of me? Come on, I gotta walk through it. <laughs> Crop dusting. You know me, I'm pretty good at uh, ignoring things and staying out of it and just observing, so let's do that. Yeah, alright, let's do it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> We're going to observe. I'll give a listen roll. What? Oh, boom. Neither a 28, got a 2. We extremely observed. Yep, you can clearly hear Rocky uh, preparing some materials within the clinic while you stand outside doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to enter the trailer and start going to the fridge. And you can see that uh, Rocky has uh, laid out some maps on the table and is sort of pouring over them with a little electronic device that uh, appears to have some coordinates on it. And the fridge is full of Diet Coke. No vanilla Coke? Diet Coke and a half-empty bottle of mustard that may or may not be expired. Is it at least Diet Coke lime? There's one right in the back. There's just one lime in the back. All right, I'll take it. That's what I get for that extremely good roll. I'll take the Diet Coke lime. And I'll open it and start drinking. Then I'll walk up to Rocky. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, right? Oh, of course I'd fail that. I need a 70. I got an 81. It's a fail. It looks like he's looking at a map of the world. I don't know. Maybe he failed a geography lesson or something. I don't know. So what's those documents you got there on the table? <laughs> the whole world can fit on a flat piece of paper, dummies. It's a conspiracy. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but this is a map of the world, Roy. Didn't even need to roll. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know geography was never your strong suit in school. Hell, school wasn't your strong suit in school, was it? Being a good brother wasn't your strong suit. Boom. Without looking up from the map, I'm going to go, Declan, drive. And he's going to go into his vest, open up a pocket, and throw a a flash drive at me. I'm just going to kind of grab it. And can I maneuver and try and catch it? Sure, go ahead. What would I roll there? Uh, How about a dex roll? Okay, I need a 50. I got a 73. Get these bad rolls out now. Declan somehow curves the uh, flash drive through a curveball. I'm going to walk over to the main PC and plug the drive in and sit down at the computer and start typing away. Type, type. They said she was keeping the files somewhere around here. Listen, Roy, he's talking every single step he does. Now I'm moving the mouse a little to the left. Double clicking on this folder, taking this window and moving it slightly to the right so I can see better. 
What's this? A folder labeled not porn. Click. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, it's homework. Click. <laughs> Why is it Betty Boop? <laughs> Download that for later. <laughs> uh, here are Dan's files. I'm going to start transferring over all the information that Detox had collected on Dan and his plan and his whereabouts over to the flash drive I plugged in. Great. You've got everything that uh, was collected. In addition to some photos that are very bleary that you think were probably intercepted from Detox's phone at some point shortly before they died. Ooh. But you can't quite make him out. Clever girl. Are we done yet? Declan, I believe you know what to do with uh, what remains of the computer. Absolutely, sir. I'll take care of it. And I'm going to go back over to the map and see if I can't finish mapping out the coordinates I was looking at. Yep, uh, you've got it. Uh, basically, the first starting point is Bloodsworth Island and Winoka Research Center. And uh, the other coordinates, you're not quite sure. They're all sort of jumbled. Why you were in that facility? You didn't happen to find any kind of, I don't know, coordinates anywhere, did you? I don't know. What's it worth to you? I can get you another case of Diet Coke Lime. No, no, no. Roy, Roy, wait, wait. Two cases. No, no, no. It's got to be the good stuff. I won't do it for less than two cases of vanilla Coke. New Coke. Oh. (laughs) Declan, can you go out and have someone bring two cases of vanilla Coke? Yes, sir. We have it on board. All right. Now I just need to legitimately find it, and uh, then I'll be able to give it to you. I found it. Okay. All right. Pay attention. And then I'll give him the coordinates. I think that these coordinates your friend Daniel Williams left behind may be indicators as to where he's looking for something. What do you think he's looking for? We can't figure it out either. As far as I can tell, he seems very intent on bringing back his fiancée. Sam, Samantha, yes, we know that. Unfortunately for him, some... Darker forces may have tipped him off to something that isn't quite what he expects it to be. He's out there chasing what he thinks is a solution to his problem, and that solution may potentially result in... How do I say the end of everything? Like that. Uh, You say the end of everything. Are you referring to the elixir of life? That's part of the equation, yes. Alright, it seems like information is flowing pretty freely here. We found... A rat that was clearly 20-plus years old, alive and well. It's honestly quite surprising. From what I read, all the initial tests ended up killing everything. Well, that's not the only thing we found. Roy, what won't you tell him? Paper shredders. (laughs) (laughs) We found my ticket out of this dump. Uh, no. I believe you're possibly referring to the death of my associate detox. Yes, I quite already know about that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's why I showed up on the island in the first place. Once the life tracker went dead, it only took a few moments of deduction to kind of figure out what might have happened. What do you think happened? What remains of the elixir of life, or what came out of it? Poopy? Yes, poopy. So do you know what's in this elixir of life, this, this formula? If the original files were accurate, yes, but I don't think that has anything that we really need to worry about at this point. It's clear that he might have been there at some point. He's not there anymore, and I think it's probably best that we figure out where his next target is before he gets there. I agree, we gotta find him. But what if he got his hands on some? I'd be very impressed considering how thorough our extermination processes were the first time through that place. Well, not good enough. You left a rat and some deranged guy leaking ooze that inevitably killed Detox. Oh, yes, Scott. The guy was an asshole anyway, don't worry about him. It's a reason why we all voted to leave him on the island. It was like a reverse survivor. You've been voted off the island. Hooray! If 
My geography skills are not as rusty as I hope they are. It looks like your friend Daniel Williams is heading off to the Ascension and Tristan da Cucuna? Matata. Uh, it's a small island off in the South Atlantic Ocean. Maybe about halfway between uh, South America and Africa? So pretty easy to find. Well, it won't be difficult to get a charter flight out there anyway. Question is, why is he interested in a small island in the middle of nowhere? Because unlike you, he's thorough. Uh, sir? Declan, I'm going to need you to prep the jets. I'm going to like tear the corner of the map, write down the name of the island that we need to go to. Make sure you set up travel for three to, to the island. Yes, sir. No problem. Excellent. We could probably scramble to uh, Rio. Take about five hours to get there, and then another two to get to the island. Unfortunately, there's no airstrip there. You'll have to parachute. Uh, Are you scared of heights, Mr. Whiteside? No, I'm scared of hitting the ground. Splat. He ducks out of the clinic and leaves you guys in there, and he's talking on the walkie already. Anything either of you want from here before we're done? I think I'm good. I could use a good night's sleep. The fridge sucked, so I'm fine. If you want, I can have us flown back to Blaine Manor. We can spend the night there. And then in the morning, I can have some cars come and take you back to your residences so you may pack a few things. Or if you want, I can just have you sent back to your places tonight. It's up to you. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going back to my place, to be honest with you. All right. I will have a car waiting for you once we arrive at the manor. So let me get this straight. You're not pressing any charges. No. You're taking us to our homes. Yes. What's keeping us from just leaving? And not, not cooperating with you. Let's just say I have ways and means that are much less pleasant of getting what I want. I'm just going to go ahead and trust that you two are smart enough to stay off of my bad side. <laughs> I don't know why you'd assume that of me. I'm just stating a uh, hypothetical here. I need to find Danny. I need to find what's going on. And if you stick with me and do what I tell you to, then you will inevitably do so. I'll do what's right. If you tell me to do something and I feel it's right, I'll do it. I want you to jump up and down on one foot while patting your head and rubbing your belly. You didn't say Simon Says. I'm going to give him an Indian burn. As we're heading out of the trailer, I'm going to reach back into my pocket, pull out a small device. I'm going to pull a pin out of it and kind of casually loft it back into the trailer as we all walk away. And about five seconds later, there's a sizable boom and the entire trailer is now entirely engulfed in flames. And uh, you pile back into the helicopters and wing your way to Blaine Manor. Meanwhile, it Blaine Manor. And there are two SUVs waiting to take you guys back home. Each of you will have a bit of time to prep for the scenario ahead. Uh, you'll each be assigned an SUV, which will remain with you. There are two armed guards in each SUV. By the time you guys get home, it'll be probably about 11 in the morning. Jack, why don't you tell us what you do when, when the uh, two armed guards drop you off on the SUV at your condo and, and basically park outside and wait for you? I'm going to approach the door. And I'm going to check my security that I put up. Little pieces of tape. See if the seam's been broken on the front door at all. Why don't you go ahead and give me a luck roll? Daddy needs a new pair of fails. Oh. I needed an 18. I rolled a 26. It looks like it's peeled away out of its own accord. Okay, good. As near as you can tell. And I'd or, be able to tell because I'm a detective. Or, or it was made to appear as such. Okay, good. Good. I just don't want any more snakes. Um, I'm going to enter in then. Pick up all my mail. Throw it on the counter. Just do a quick look around, smell the stale air. Yeah, pretty stale, pretty lonely. Crack a window in the living room, since I've got surveillance on me. Go take a hot shower, and then I'm just going to crash into bed. I'm going to clean my 9mm and grab an extra clip. 
So now I'll have three three clips. Yeah, I think I'm good, actually. I think I'm in a good spot. Obviously, during your nap, you do have some nightmares. Some day terrors. Of uh, emaciated corpses stalking you through dark tunnels. As soon as they touch you, a black ooze spreads from their fingertips along your arm. And just as it's reaching your open, screaming mouth is when you wake up. Finally, I got some sleep. All right, Roy. You arrive to the house, and all the kids are outside playing. As I'm getting out of the car. All right, Bert, Bart, thanks for the ride. If you guys want to get a drink, I'm sure I'm free later. They nod to you silently, looking at you through their black mirror shades, not saying anything. And as soon as you close the door and get out, they they go about 10 feet and park. Those guys, they're quite a riot. They're quiet riot? Yeah, they feel the noise. Dad, oh my God, thank God you're home. These guys are driving me crazy. Where's your mom? She's inside with Lily. Who the hell's Lily? Oh, God. I wasn't supposed to say anything. Oh, she'll tell you. Sounds to me like your mom's not doing a good job parenting if you, if they're driving you crazy. Oh, well, you know, these kids, look at them. I think, I think you worry too much. That's true. I think I got a knot in my gut, pooping blood, peeing blood, bleeding. See, that's not what us Arroyos are about. You gotta make it the easy life, Ray. I know, I'm just not old enough to drink heavily yet. You are, you're just not old enough to buy it. I hope I can get there one day, God. Everybody ages. Robin, what are you doing? Put that comic book down. See, that's what I'm talking about. You don't have to parent, you just have to yell. That's how we do it around here. Hey, Ray, Ray up. There's a black truck, let's go check it out. Hey, be nice to my friends. They're more important to me than anyone you could ever know. Hey, Dad. Can I have a hug? No. Later, maybe. I don't know. Right. Get his wallet. Down the hall, you see a trail of smoke, and all of a sudden, the door flies open. He's coming through, guys. Coming through. Coming through. Don't bump me. This might explode. And you just see a rocket just around the corner and out the back door as fast as he can. See? That kid is going places. He knows. Look at him go. He's going places right now. And then from the backyard, you hear, uh, whoopsies, and then you hear a... Oh, I'm gonna kill him. I can't. That kid. What have I always said about that kid? He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's a moron that's not gonna get anywhere in life. All right. Everybody needs to calm down. I gotta go talk to your mother, and I'll push past him and go to the kitchen. Ray, you tap on the back of the truck. It'll distract him, and I'll get the radios. So Roy uh, goes inside. The first thing you hear is Sports Center, and the first thing you smell is Greta's famous meatloaf. You've done it again. You knew I was coming home, even though I didn't tell you. Oh, Roy, Roy, God, it's good to see you. I, I made your favorite. I do like a meatloaf. It's got the, all the meats. All right, so what's going on here? Well, there, there's there's somebody I'd like you to meet. She's she's right in here. And she leads you towards the living room where Sports Center is playing. It appears to be someone in your easy chair. Yeah? Who's this? Lily, c- come and meet your father. Oh, boy. And this little girl looks like she's about six years old. Dark black straight hair. Peeks around. She's very pale complected. And she's eating a pudding cup. And she has chocolate all around her mouth. And she says, Hi, Daddy. What the hell is this? You got pregnant while I was gone? No, no, no. We, I, I was lonely, and, you know, I, we only have those so many kids, and I thought, why not adopt one? And, you know, her family died, and, you know, I thought it would be nice, and, and so I adopted her. Her name's Lily. Why would you name it Lily? That's a dumb name. Yeah, we're changing your name right now. Oh, and we gotta think. There's a lot in R. So, that's a good letter. Someone's an R. I don't know. I, you're putting me on a spot here. Dad. Dad. What? Ted, what about Roseanne? We'll go with Rose, because it reminds me of someone. Someone very important. Well, well that that's good, hon, because, you know, Lily's a flower and Rose is a flower. That makes sense. What do you think, Lily? Is that, I mean, Rose, is that good? I like pudding. Oh, boy. We got a monster here. 
see you're going to fit in, huh? Well, you know, I've been thinking, Roy, and, you know, you're gone all the time. And, you know, I, I really think that if you get to know her, that you really love her. Did the DeLucas adopt a kid? Is that what happened here? Well, maybe. You know, I'm just, I'm, it's not really keeping up with the Joneses. If it's the DeLucas. I swear to God. If you adopted a kid just because the DeLucas adopted a kid. No, but she's very lovely. She's just a nice little girl. And, you know, I was thinking maybe on your next trip you could just take her with you. I've never taken any of the other kids with me. I know, but, you know, we need some bonding here. And I mean, she likes SportsCenter. How bad could she be? Pretty bad. A lot of people like SportsCenter. And most people suck. I can't be showing favoritism around here. I gotta be a parent. I gotta treat them all equally. Well, you you just talk to her and I'm I'm gonna go set the table. I'll be right back. Okay. Hi, Rose. My name's Lily. No, it's not. And then she takes a big spoonful of pudding. And just for a moment, it looks like there's an eyeball in it. And then she pops it in her mouth and chews and swallows, looking at you the entire time, not breaking eye contact. And she says, I see you. Okay. Hey, Dad. I'm tugging on his pant like, she really creeps us out. I heard that. No, I said you're awesome and stuff. And I run as fast as I can. Okay. And I'm going to sit in my chair. And she sits in your lap, cuddling. What's your favorite part about Sports Center? The Celtics. Okay, that's the correct answer. So maybe you can fit in here. I wouldn't count on it, but that's that's the start. And then Greta comes back and just like looks at you, the both of you, lovingly, and says, "Okay, dinner's ready." And then she goes to the front door and screams out to the kids, "Dinner's ready!" I'm not gonna be here for that because I have to go practice with the. Ban, so you losers are on your own. And I'm gonna get up and bust out the door towards Rhonda. What do you mean you're not gonna be here? Look, I have to practice because my band is going places. Bingo Jones and the Crouton Bomb is going places, okay? You just don't understand. What do you play? What instrument could have more on like you possibly manage? She plays the skin flute. Good one. High five. I play the accordion because it helps express my inner demons and darkness, and it really helps bring that emotion we need to our music. All right. I will admit that that's a good answer, but name me a title of one of your songs. You need to convince me, because I'm never here, and now you're trying to ditch me for some morons? Our hit opening single is called Cheese Panic, but we spelled cheese with a Z okay, instead nope. of an S you're because not, nope, it's different. Nope, nope, <laughs> You're staying. And then uh, Ricky, Robbie, Rody, and Raleigh, who have been staying nearby, just roll their eyes. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard you say that. Get in the house. Oh, I forgot. You can't hear me. And I'll sign language. Get in the house. They roll their eyes again and go back into the house. All right, Rhonda. Here's the deal. Your band is dumb because you're dumb because you didn't have a strong leader. But now that I'm here and I'm ready to raise you like a good parent. I mean, I got to leave tomorrow. But now that I'm here. I heard that. Greta, you're adopted people without telling me. So we're not exactly working out right now. So you got to get inside. Because your mom has worked a little bit to provide the dinner right now. Ah, but I totally just finished writing our next hit single, Face Fight, and it was going to be awesome. Your band can fail when I'm gone. I don't care. Get her. Fine, but you're totally going to have to pay for the space that we rented. That's not happening. You can get a job, just like every Arroyo. We all get jobs. It's what we do. Yeah, and I started a band. That's not a job. Jobs pay money. Hey, we played in the park yesterday, and some dude gave us, like, $5 to stop, so I'd say we're coming out ahead. Reinvest that $5, go down to Atlantic City, win big, and then reinvest it into the space. Oh, wait, you can't do that, because you're young, and I'm still the boss of you, idiot. Let's go. Inside. It's time for dinner. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in, like, 20 minutes. 
fine. The Arroyos uh, go into the house and have some delicious meatloaf with all the meats. And uh, the entire time, uh, Lily just sort of stares at Roy eating yet another pudding cup. What's the deal, Rose? And she just smiles, and it looks like you can see the label on the pudding cup that says blood pudding, except it's upside down. And then you blink, and it just says chocolate pudding. And she has chocolate pudding in her smile. Hey, Greta. Yeah? You gonna do something about this mongrel? Oh, you know, she's still learning. You know, she has to adjust. She's only been here like two days. Stop giving her pudding. She really likes it. Yeah? Guess what? I really like peace and quiet. We don't always get what we want. All right, I'll see what I can do for poor Lil... I I mean, Rose. Roy, you you seem awfully tense tonight. All right, so you know how I always told you I have 11 brothers? Yes. That's not exactly true. I have 12. I got three sisters, too, but that's not important. You've got another brother? Yeah. And I know you're all such big fans of your uncles and aunts, so I don't... I didn't ever want to expose you all to... Rocky. Well, what can we can we see him? Rigby, have, do you know about this? I guess if you want to call him, I'm not going to give you his phone number, but if you want to call him and have him come meet you, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just not going to give you his phone number, so you'll have to figure that out. He's Rocky. He's the second youngest. He's just older than me, but younger than your Uncle Red. And I, I don't know. He's just not much of an Arroyo. He doesn't like meatloaf? It's not that. There's a lot of things different about him. I mean... He prefers Anne Murray to the Carpenters. I don't... Oh, that does sound weird. You said never to say that, Dad. That's what I... I'm breaking my own rules just to explain it. He always felt like he was smarter than everyone. And none of us could stand him. And I I know Mom felt bad for him, but Dad hated him more than any of us. And so we just kind of kept him away. None of us really contacted him. So you got an Uncle Rocky... We were looking for Dan, like you probably thought. I, we were out looking for Dan, and some things went down, and Rocky you found us. You were with your other family? No, I mean I should get. I should think about that. That'd be that's a good idea. You know, Rocky found me. I didn't go out looking for him. I didn't ever think I was gonna see him again. He was kind of excommunicated from the family, but here he is. So that's me coming clean. I will never do it again. You'll never come clean again. I've had enough truth. Is that why you smell so bad? You need to shower. We don't shower. It's hunting season. That is so gross. Rhonda, shut up. Oh, sorry, sorry. Great accordion player. Big future over here. I I shouldn't be saying this, so I get some loans down the pike. Excuse me, it's the electric accordion, and it is way cool. Oh, come back to me when you learn to play a theremin. That's a real instrument. I can make noises. No one wants to hear you fart the alphabet again, okay? Shut up, it's awesome. But yeah, you have an uncle. I have to go with him. I'm not happy about it. And uh, hopefully you'll never be forced to meet him. And also your mom keeps, like, doing stupid things like adopting pudding kids. And then Lily gives a humongous burp at the other end of the table. Greta, while I'm gone, you better have that thing fight the... the Freaking DeLuca's adopted child, and if it does not win, get rid of it. Oh, all right, Roy. Anything you say? You sure she can't go with you? She might like to meet her uncle. What do you mean? Why? Why are you giving this kid such special privileges? Well, I'm just trying to make her feel welcome. None of these kids have ever met Rocky. Dad, Dad. What? She's scared too. She's scared too. That's silly. I, I love her with all my heart. That's why I, I adopted her. What's the return policy on these things? Everything seems to be I, scared. I checked. I checked. They wouldn't do it. Okay. I have not done much for this family. I'll admit that. Partly because Raymond's such a good kid that all you monsters have been kept in line by him. But if you really are scared of this thing, 
I guess I can take it off your hands. Oh, good. The uh, bags are already packed. All right. I'm getting picked up soon. Hopefully Rocky doesn't come to this house, but I gotta be going. Thanks for the meatloaf. Stay good, kids. Take care of yourself, honey. You too, Lily. I mean, Rose. So we'll go ahead and cut the scene there. So we need to go into development, guys. Yay! Let's rock and roll, so... Development, guys! Pull up your development cheat sheets. And then uh, we'll start with Jackie. And we're going to do firearms first. 71, so So uncheck that, please. So I need to roll a 1d100. 1d10. (laughs) Come on! Five! Nice! So I'm going to increase that by five. So firearms goes up to 64. Okay, so now first aid. I need to have over a 30. I did not get it. I rolled a 24. Unchecking that. Going over to listen. I need under a 55. Over. Over a 55, and I got it with a 56. A 10. Nice. I got a 10 for my listen to addition, so I'm up to 65. And hit spot hidden. Need above a 70. I got an 86. Wow, I am rocking it tonight. And plus 7. And now my last roll will be for track. And field or just the track? I needed a 50. I got a 66, so that's a positive. I am rolling my 1d10, and I got an 8. Very cool. So I'm up to a 58. So we're going to allow the self-help thing. Did we do any key connection for you, Jack? Key connection is fear of open spaces. Yeah, because I went straight across that uh, rickety floor. On the second floor down, it was wide open, and it was all... Or did I hug the wall? I think I hugged the wall. I'm pretty sure you hugged the wall. Yeah, I hugged the wall. Never mind. Never mind. I take that back. Well, Fear of Open Spaces is more like fields and outdoorsy type stuff. Well, and I was on the boat. Oh, yeah, he was on the boat. I'm going to go ahead and allow it. And then go ahead. So go ahead and make a sanity roll. And you want to do equal or under? I got a 31. Cool. So you can go ahead and roll D6. Two. So I'm up to a 78. And recovered luck. I rolled an 83. Nice. So roll a D10 and increase your luck. I got a four. And let's move on to Roy. My first is Climb. So you succeeded. I got a four. My next is Fighting Brawl, which I will uh, not succeed in. And I did, yay. I needed 25, I got a 56. So i adding an eight. Nice. That's a good increase. Nice. That is really good. First aid, I have a 30. I rolled a 73. That's a 34 now. Next is... Spot hidden, extreme failure. Extreme. All right, cool. And then go ahead and let's see what your key connection was. Fear of frogs and fear of fire. Did we encounter any of that? I don't think so. No. No, there's no fire. All right, so we're going to have to leave that where it is and then luck. Of course, I got a freaking 19. That sucks. Now, Rocky. That's my name, don't wear it out. I'm giving you 50 points to distribute however you want. What? Whoa, sweet. Among your skills. That's insane. I compared your skills to Roy's and, and just depending on what you know what, who you are, I want to sort of get you up to speed to kind of their level, if not beyond. Put it all into read lips. I have 50 in it already. It would mean I would pretty much always be able to read someone's lips. Oh, I didn't realize you had 50 in it. Put it into Google search. And that'll be it for you. Just you get those 50 points and that should do it for All right. You. So I'll, I might just take a little bit of time between now and the next episode to kind of figure out where I'm going with that. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the next section then. And that is, Jack, when you're all set to go, the guys waiting for you in the SUV will shuttle you to a private airport. I'm good to go. I've got a duffel packed and thrown over my shoulder it's unlike any plane you've ever seen in your life is it circular it looks very modern and futuristic Hmm. and very fast nice and if what declan said regarding the 
travel times, this thing is way beyond any charter jets out there that businesses use. You know that Rocky must have a lot of uh, resources and a lot of strings he can pull. Roy, you prepare to leave too. And Lily, I mean Rose, has a little suitcase. It's got unicorns on it. Please have unicorns on it. It has unicorns, but they're black unicorns. Nice. That's metal. Terry Brooks. Red glowing eyes. Yep, red glowing eyes, pinpricks. And she just silently waits by your side to leave. So you guys pile into the SUV. Bert and Bart look at you strangely without saying anything. Look at her, look at you, look at her, look at you. Women, you know? All the kids are sort of huddling in the doorway, waving, but looking as if they're a little bit fearful. And they quickly shut the door before you can wave back. And uh, they're whisked away to a private field. And you can see Rocky signing some papers and uh, taking care of some stuff that's being loaded into the cargo bay of this beautiful, and you recognize it right off the bat, because being the aficionado of jets that you are, this is an Arion, but it's a model beyond the fastest one that's known. So this is probably some sort of weird prototype. Hmm. And you approach uh, Rocky on the tarmac. With Lily at your side. Rocky, this is apparently your niece. It's a a what now? Apparently, this is your niece. Hello, Uncle. Why, hello there. Her name is Rose. She hasn't learned that you need to pack light when you go out. Well, uh, in that case, I'm going to do something that will benefit both of us for once in our lives, right? Uh, I'm going to look around, point at uh, you there. You're going to point at one of the, one of the uh, people in fancy suits that are standing around because all those people work for me anyway yes sir yeah uh, y- yes sir what can i help you with uh you see this small child here oh, god yeah Ooh, god where'd she come from um <laughs> i don't know and i don't care you need to find some sort of extended child care service to take care of her while we're gone like a babysitter yes that's what i meant oh okay yeah no problem and he grabs hold of Lily's hand and leads her away, and she looks over her shoulder back at Roy as they walk away. What what's what's going to happen there, Rocky? They'll find some sort of extended childcare babysitter type thing. You know she's an Arroyo. If she goes nuts, who's going to be liable? If she goes nuts and does something either stupid or dangerous, I have no knowledge whatsoever of her existence and will deny everything. You know, liability and whatnot. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Roy, you gotta feel these seats are so nice. Oh my god, we gotta go now. Ah, uh, yes, and if you look over to the side, you'll find a little remote that controls the heating and the air conditioning of the seats and as well as the uh, triple zone massage functions. It's got a chocolate fountain. Give me the phone number of wherever she ends up. Before you take off, wherever she ends up, make sure you send me the phone number so I can hand it off to my brother. I'll text it to you, sir. Bye. And Declan uh, strides up to the four of you, or three of you, rather, and is like, we're all set to go, sir. Ah, uh, very well. I assume that the luggage has been loaded onto the plane. Yes, sir. Including the... Parachutes? Yes, sir. The parachutes as well as the extra items that I had... Set aside just Absolutely, for Absolutely, sir. And he, he sort of side glances at uh, Jack and Roy. Yes, I'll set. Excellent. Everyone aboard the plane, uh, we will be taking off shortly, and our flight to Rio should not last more than, what would you say, Declan? Five hours Five or hours, so? sir. Uh, excellent. We'll refill there. All aboard, and I'm just going to head up and into the plane. And uh, you all take your seats, and they are quite comfortable, as Rocky has pointed out. They have triple zone comfort via remote. Uh, if you wish to take a nap, there is a bedroom at the back. Uh, there's also a full bathroom, including a shower, if 
you feel the need to... Dibs on the shower. Dibs on the bed. The doors close, and the engines turn, and you are soon en route to Rio. I'm going to keep lowering and raising my tray over and over again. (laughs) You have uh, plentiful snacks, and the flight goes very quickly. Like, five hours is just a blink of an eye, because it's just so nice and peaceful. And you get a little bit of shed-eye, which is quite nice. And the drone of the engines just lulls you into a half-sleep. Before you know it... Uh, Jack, you start awake, and you've already landed. You don't, you didn't even hear anything. Uh, Roy is just coming to. <coughs> the, the hatch is open, and the staircase is uh, descended. And there's a uh, warm, fresh air blowing in through the, the hatch. You can hear distant music from a carnival. What other stereotypes? The Olympics? Maracas, beautiful women. I don't know. Uh, Michael Caine is walking by with his niece. I, don't know. I knew it. There's some dirty kids in the street playing football. You know, soccer. Jack and Roy, do you want to do anything? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go out and get some, uh, some fresh papaya. You're on a tarmac of a private landing strip. There's no vendors or anything nearby. I'm gonna look around. Uh, you do see Rocky, uh, standing out talking with the pilot. Uh, there, there are some folks feeling up the, the jet. Rocky, you've, uh, received some disturbing news about Tristan Dacuna. Oh, good grief. It appears that there were, earlier this morning, three murders on the island. The local authorities, of which there is basically one policeman, are currently investigating, but it just occurred like I reported it about an hour ago. It is quite disturbing because of what you know of Tristan de Kuna and the little village of Edinburgh, it's like not even 300 people there. And for three of them to be murdered somehow? Well, out of the frying pan and into the fires, they always say. No one says that. What do you got over there, Rocky? Well, it appears we'll be going in a little bit hot. Uh, the island we are traveling to just very recently had a well, had three separate homicides, and that's like 40% of the population of the island, so... Whoa. So there's 11 people there? Something like that, yes. This small town, only really, only real settlement on the island. You have any leads as to who may have done this? Were they related? Not the people, the murders. Uh, yes and yes, the people were related. <laughs> It's one big family. Well, it's only 11 people, so... Well, should we not waste any more time? Is, uh, are we field up? I'm going to be have to do some research on the way there. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but it seems our timetable may be accelerating out of my control. And uh, Declan comes up to uh, Rocky and is like, We're all good to go, sir. Excellent. Have the boys send over all the files we have on Mr. Dakuna, please. Matata. Uh, Tr- Tristan Dakuna? Yes, yes. Matata. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll get those right away. We'll we'll feed them to your phone. Thank you, Declan. I appreciate that. You take your seats. I buckle up. He tells you it's going to be just two hours before uh, we'll be flying over the island, and they're going to basically circle around a couple times and try to get to a spot where you guys can safely parachute out. Before you know it, those two hours are indeed up. And uh, during that two hours, Rocky, um, not much more detail is forthcoming. Uh, you do know that Edinburgh is pretty much the only town on the on the island of Tristan de Cunha. There are, are just a, about 250 residents. It's a UK province. It's a farming community and very peaceful. There's nothing much there. There's basically just a constable. Um, they don't have much in the way of internet. There is a one internet cafe on the island that everybody shares, but they do have telephones and that's how it was reported. So there's no mobile service at all on this island. It is very... Very um, isolated, but uh, very beautiful, too, and people seem to really enjoy living there the rest of their lives. Declan comes with 
each of your packs for the parachutes and gives you basic instructions. It's kind of foolproof. They're just going to push you out of the hatch. (laughs) They've already had uh, another vehicle putting down markers on the island where you're going to land a little ways from the town. Oh, you ladies ready to jump out of a plane? I gotta check my pack and make sure it's not just silverware and plates and stuff. Oh, that's my homework. I'm sorry. It's paper plates. It's really light. We duct taped a bunch of paper plates together. That should help. Just swing your arms really fast. So Declan leads you, the three of you back, opens up the hatch. There's a bunch of wind blowing. He's going to go first to sort of lead the way for you. Rocky, you'll go next. And then uh, uh, Jack, you'll come after them, and then Roy will bring up the rear. Uh, I wanted to go last so I could push Roy out of the plane. You know, basically, Declan's going to go out first. Before we jump, I'm going to turn back to Roy. Roy, let's go get Danny. All right, and right before Rocky jumps, I'm going to kick him in the back of the knee. You see this glare from Rocky as he pinwheels out of the hatch. And then uh, Jack frowns back at Roy and jumps before Roy can do anything. And I jump backwards out of the plane, flipping him off as I go. And then uh, Roy just has that just weird moment of tenseness where you're like, should I jump? Do I really need to do this? And you tense up and you go, and just as you leap, you hear behind you, I like pudding. No. I knew it wasn't going to be that easy to get rid of her. Yeah, she snuck on. And I was surprised I was being egged on to get rid of her, by the way. Or maybe he didn't sneak on, she just teleported on. <laughs> <laughs> well, tune in next time for Chapter 8, Trist. Uh, what do you guys think so far? Any thoughts? I like. I like. Anytime I could be with the kids. Good setup, too, for the for the mission. We got not just going to find Danny, now we've got something to investigate as well. Any Any theories on that? Dan was the murderer. Yeah, some people got killed. But there's only 11 of them, so... <laughs> like 40% of the island. Does That that counts as a genocide, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's only a genocide if it's like more than 50%. So if four uh, people died, then maybe... So we're good still. Go ahead and roll me a D100, please. I got a 63. Gabe's got a 39. Brian's got a 54. Matt's got an 11. I will go first on recommendos. So my recommendo for tonight is Suspiria. Not the original 1977 version, but the remake, 2018. It is directed by Luca Guadagnino, who also directed uh, Call Me By Your Name, I believe it was, and A Bigger Splash. And this is, of course, the stars Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, Chloe Grace Moretz, Jessica Harper, of course, from the original 1977 version. And it is essentially a retelling of Dario Argento's fairy tale giallo with a bunch more political context. It takes place starting in 1977, which is very unusual because that's um, when the first one was made, but doesn't take place then. It actually takes place a little bit earlier than that. It takes place in Germany, so there's a bunch of uh, Nazi stuff going on that's sort of like the Germans trying to make reparations and getting beyond the um, Nazi occupation and the uh, Holocaust and all that. So there's a cool political uh, undercurrent. Otherwise, it's a a forthright illustration of actual witches who run a dance school. They make no bones about it. They come right out and say, these guys are witches. And they go right in and tell that story. And and they're really cool. Like, they have um, telepathy. And they they basically can hypnotize people and, and do all sorts of weird spells and stuff. So it's gory. It's also beautifully grotesque. Um, there are some Hellraiser vibes. A bunch of nightmare imagery, nude dancing, full frontal peen action. 
for Brian. Nice. Yeah, baby. And then Tilda Swinton plays three different roles under heavy makeup for two of them. And it's like really good old age makeup on one of them. So I was really hesitant to watch this because I'm a big fan of the original. But all the buzz I heard had me intrigued. So I went and uh, watched it one morning. It is almost three hours long. It's uh, I think 150 some odd minutes. It's quite a, a journey. But I, I think it's definitely worth a watch, particularly if you've been on the fence because I hate remakes or whatever. This is uh, this sort of takes it beyond that. But it does require a fair amount of patience and an aptitude for maybe a little bit of curiosity of the historical aspects. So other than that, I recommend Suspiria. All right. Uh, how about Brian? It is my turn, boy. I uh, actually just started using this today. I got it recommended by a friend of the show, George, who used to be on the show. Um, it's called Letterbox D. Basically, you can go on and open an account and register every movie you've ever seen and keep track. More importantly, you're finding the movies that you thought you might have seen or that you missed. I found probably about 25 today that I swear I had seen. I don't think I have, and I wanted to, and I have no idea why I didn't. So I'm making a list, and a couple of my other friends were making a list, and we're going to have do a movie night once or twice a month where we watch one or two of the movies that none of us have seen and keep that trend going. It, you, you can mark it off. You can you can follow friends to see what they have seen and what you haven't compare lists. It's fantastic. I just got it today, and I'm working on it now, going through and just marking movies that I've seen, and so far I'm up to 855. And you can search and add movies, too, if you need to, which is really cool. Check it out. It's a letterbox. Just a just a fun app to share with friends if you're a movie buff. You can rate them uh, one out of five stars. You can go half stars in between as well. And then you can like it. And you can also do a review on each movie as well, which is, which is pretty cool. I haven't done that yet. I'm going through a marking everything. And then my favorites, you pick your top four, and everybody gets to see your top four favorites. And that's where I'll do my reviews. And that is Letterboxd. And uh, if you want to look me up, I'm Boomstick Brew. All right, Gabriel, how about you? I'm going to recommend Wrestle Kingdom 13, a New Japan Pro Wrestling super show that happened this year, January 4th. It happens every year, January 4th. This is the 13th year. It is pure wrestling, unmatched, the best show every year for probably about six odd years straight over the last couple years it has also gained some of the entertainment value that a lot of other companies have over new japan because they've brought in english announcers more of their characters have personalities that aren't as nuanced as there used to be over there at least to an american audience or an english-speaking audience so it's just become a much more accessible product to an english-speaking audience a couple years ago it was basically japanese only some of the great matches this year Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. Tetsuya Naito fight, fought Chris Jericho. And then my favorite was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. fought Tomohiro Ishii, two of the most technically sound wrestlers in the business, versus some guy who will just punch you in the face and headbutt you for fun. It was a great show from top to bottom. Not a bad match on the entire show. So that's Wrestle Kingdom 13 for you. All right. And finally, Matt. So for the first recommend of this chapter, I'm moving a little bit away from home turf. It's not a game per se, but it is in the gaming realm. Wormwood is a, a, a company that is not super well known, but they're kind of on the rise for making items and things for, for tabletop gaming. They do uh, dice trays, dice vaults, uh, deck cases, dice towers, all sorts of stuff you could use for, you know, D&D or Call of Cthulhu or Magic the Gathering. And uh, what's really great is all of the products they made are all 
made out of wood. They're all really high quality woods. The one that I have here is from one of their Kickstarters. This is their Call of Cthulhu Dice Vault. So yeah, this is the Call of Cthulhu Dice Vault I got from them. This is, the wood is called Wenge. Is that really cool dark color and uh printed on the top it actually says roll for sanity uh but all their products are it's it's real wood uh when you buy something they send you a little card like this which tells you what kind of wood you got uh tells you a little bit about it where it's from and then on the back it actually has a map of the world and shows you where it grows and where they got it from the dice vaults are really nice because they have super heavy duty magnets in them so it's you know keep all your dice in place but yeah it's super high quality products that are made out of really really great woods now mind you you do have pay for that quality they are probably a little more expensive than some of the other you know gaming companies out there but the price is well well worth what you get for it all right well that's going to be it for this episode of lovecraft tapes thank you for listening please subscribe on apple Podcasts, google music podbean spotify stitcher or anywhere you download your regular podcasts if you like what you hear please leave us a review meanwhile you can find us at the lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with Brian in real time. Real time, not fake time like usual. Real time. Twitter's fake time. Yep. <laughs> and speaking of which, you can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. Uh, and if anyone feels they need a personal apology for how terribly I'm doing with my accent and, uh, you know, wants you know, some sort of revenge or anything, or if you just feel like telling me off or want to, you know, help me do any better at this, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anyone wants to declare that they're on Team Roy and not Team Rocky, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody wants to take bets on if I actually have a parachute in my pack, we'll go 50-50 on that right now. You can reach me at Brian Podcast. Until next time, roll for pudding. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Do it live. Get, we'll do it live. Uh, we're not receiving video data at a fast enough rate. Oh, well. Show's over. Your viewers may expense ba- uh, bad buffering. What viewers? Thanks, everybody, for being so patient. I wasn't patient. You Go behind the red curtain. <laughs> hey, give me a second here. I gotta go turn off the heat. Good night. Mom's gonna be pissed, guys. She said we had to be in bed before curfew. Curfew? Curfew! Curf me, I'll curf you in the mouth. I do what I want. You cussing at me? It's my body. I do what I want. (laughs) I think think your camera's getting worse, Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) You look like you're on fire. I'm becoming more evil. You're a red hot Cheeto. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it's not red hot Cheetos vodka. Oh, it is. (laughs) I'm going to have to put like a... A radio helicopter noise over all this. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good deal over. <laughs> Can't hear a goddamn thing you're saying. Can you guys shut the helicopter trying to fly? Just a diet lime coke. <laughs> <laughs>
flat diet lime coke. And it's that good. You have no idea how hard it is to have diet lime coke when lime coke exists in this world. Bum bum bum.